taken me a long time to get to it, too long, in fact, but uh, I had a chance to talk with Derek Yu, the developer of Splunky. Uh, he's the original creator and then went on to work on the XBLA and PC and Vita ports with a bunch of different partners that helped him along the way. But Spelunky is Derek Yu's baby, and we had a nice long chat talking about the things that have happened to that game in the years since and how it's managed to retain popularity, uh, what drove him to create it in the first place, some of his design philosophy, why he loves Dark Souls, a whole lot of things, and I think a lot of stuff that didn't make it into the article. So in true interview dump truck fashion, here is our whole conversation. Seeing where the game has gone, you know, especially from the original game to the update you did and the tweaks that, you know, you have been working on since, like, how much of this did you foresee or plan for and how much of it has been just sort of an organic reaction to the game in in a way that you didn't quite expect? I think it's been mostly an organic thing, really. It just seemed like with this game... You know, I'd put one thing in the game, and then that would lead to another thing very naturally. Um, And I really just started with this idea of, you know, the randomized levels. It's set in a cave, things like that. Um, And it just, yeah, it it all came from that and from uh, getting feedback from people who played the original game and and the current version of the game and stuff. So it's very, very organic. And, 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 you know... When you when you would do stuff like that, like like one, it's you know playing the game now, like it feels like every single element like is sort of in place for very specific reasons, and that all you know how much of that you know I guess I guess the way I'm trying to phrase it is like it all feels very deliberate in hindsight, and and I wonder how much when you sort of published the update, how much you felt that way when, when the game came out or or is some of it sort of, I want to see how people react to it. Uh, it's kind of interesting because, you know, in my head, I think when I'm working on the game, I don't have necessarily like the most concrete idea of, you know, what I'm trying to do as a whole. Because, I don't know, for me, game making is... is one of the primary ways that I express myself. And in, in a lot of ways, when I read something that, like, Doug wrote about the game, or, you know, when I see something that Bananasaurus Rex did in the game, um, things that... Uh, it, it sort of brings a, a new clarity of what I was trying to do to me that I didn't have when I was working on it. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it's... It feels much more, I guess, kind of instinctual when I'm just working on the game itself. Like, I don't have, uh, like, a formula written out in my head when I'm working on it. And so it's kind of interesting because I feel like the people who play the game and the people who write about the game and critique the game um, sort of solidify things that I really only felt when I was working on the game. Like, they they put into words what, what we're more just like emotions when I was working on the game in a way. Yeah, yeah. I think you kind of, you definitely, that's how it feels when I play the game. You know, that's, you know, without knowing, you know, your your process and what went into that. But yeah, I think there is a lot of the reaction to the game is looking at me like, oh, wow, like they must have thought this, 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 and this. And, you know, obviously your gut reaction is right and leads people to, to then conclude that's why you would do that. But it sounds like, you know, you have an experience where, 
you just sort of follow what feels right, what seems like is the best thing for the game, but not spending a whole lot of time, you know, worrying about like how that, I guess, interrupts the general Spelunky formula. You just sort of trust that this makes sense for the game. Right. Yeah. I mean, just from playing games, from working on games for, for as long as I have, you know, I, I, I've got a certain, uh, there are certain things that I want to do, but it's, it's not necessarily, yeah, it's just, it's just not laid out. So kind of systematically is when I see someone playing the game and doing these things that I sort of felt were possible, but I didn't have like a super concrete idea, um, that, that it was possible when I was working on it. So it's, it's cool because, you know, working on a game, um, you're not done once you release the game. There's, you know, you're getting back from the people who are playing it. And the people who play it help define the game a lot too. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's this, it's this really cool kind of back and forth thing, especially because there's the original version of the game and then this new version. And a lot of people play the original before the new one came out. Um, and I got a lot of feedback and, and saw a lot of the things that people were doing uh, with the original, and that definitely informed how I worked on the, uh, the the new one. But yeah, I mean, Doug, I, the way when Doug or uh, some of these other people write about the game, um, it's it's exciting for me to read. It's not like I'm just reading things that that I already thought specifically in my head. But I feel like. Doug can put into words, like I said, how I was feeling when I was working on the game. Kind of just, <laughs> right. It's just it's just much more, uh, I think, hazy. It's much more sort of organic and instinctual when I'm working on it versus once the game is out there um, and people are playing it and writing about it. And you have these people who are really, you know, they're great writers and they're great at putting these these feelings into words. Um, so it's really exciting, yeah, for me as a as a designer to to see that kind of stuff read about it do you you know one of the things that's been interesting especially in the last couple of years as sort of the competitive aspect of spelunky has has taken off you know the daily you know definitely sort of like going with any of speed lunky and score lunky and these you know different variations that folks have um i think it's been interesting to watch what you guys choose um and by you guys i mean you know your programmer that you work with as well um what you choose to what you choose to institutionalize in the game that is found organically as a result of the players, I guess the like the the thing that comes to mind uh, immediately is sort of uh, being able to um, oh sorry I'm totally blanking on the what's the the stone statue that people found that they could break oh, the Moai head yeah the Moai head which essentially was exploiting a glitch but then you guys acknowledged that you know what we're not we're not going to change that. And I'm curious what your thought process is on when you identify aspects like that where players are using that in certain ways and, and what you choose to identify as like an official glitch and then what you choose to identify as something that is just part of what players have discovered organically in the game. Right. Um, I mean, with the Moai head, it just, there was really no downside to leaving it in the game. It was... You know, let people do something that was really cool, uh, and it, it made sense within the game's rules. I mean, part of the interesting thing about—I mean, I think the reason why these 
types of interesting things happen in Spelunky is because the rules are so sort of fundamental and universal uh, at the core. So the Moai head is really, it is built out of the same blocks uh, that the rest of the game is. It just has some different properties that make it quote-unquote invincible, mm-hmm. right? And it just so happened that uh, the way we the way we designed it, it was still possible to break it in this one way that we, we didn't think of. Um, but once people did break it and they're doing these really cool things with it, basically if, they're, if people can do really cool things with it and it's not, it doesn't ruin the game, um, then... I think we're happy to to just leave it in or or tweak it a little bit to make it seem more official after the fact. Um, and when I say ruin the game, you know, there's certain things where it's just like if it's something that pops up in the game and it's just people have to do something a certain way, if it limits possibilities versus opens up possibilities, and if it limits them in a way that's really dull, then I think that's that's something we probably want to fix. Or if it just if it's frustrating, if it's something you know, obviously that like crashes the game or or prevents people from from doing something that they they think they should. But it, you know, in the case of the Moai head, I think just being able having that one way of breaking the the head open just made it just opened up the possibilities and and it made it enough sense within the the game's rules and the game world that we we decided to just leave it in how often with these moments are are you actually genuinely surprised by what players discover and how much is it that you know spelunky is a game that doesn't explain a lot about itself it explains its very basics and then leaves a lot for the player to discover and the community to discover how how much is in there and and when it you know kind of comes to light uh, is you just playing coy, and how much is, is stuff that you end up being generally surprised that players have found? I'll be honest, we get surprised a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could easily. I get this. This is my opportunity to, to be like, oh yeah, no, we we totally had that <laughs> at the beginning, but I mean, I'd be lying through my teeth, like stuff like yeah, the mo I had, or the fact that you could get rid of the the punishment ball by sort of letting it dangle into the the abyss like off the bottom of the screen mm-hmm. or people killed the ghost you know we, we had no idea you could kill the ghost <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah i think a, a lot of a lot of stuff has has surprised us and i think that's partly why it's so fun to work on a game like this i mean working on games in general i think it's always cool when people do this kind of stuff but in a game like spelunky and with the random levels and the way everything's set up, the way everything sort of interacts with everything else on this fundamental level, uh, you just you tend to get surprised a lot more. Um, but you expect to get surprised. So I think in that sense, we're not surprised. Like, we expect these things to pop up. It's just we never know what it's actually going to be. So, yeah, I think it's... it's <laughs> it, the reason why it's so fun to work on a game like this is because you can expect to get surprised quite often um, after the game is released. And, you know, one of the, the things that uh, Bananasaurus Rex mentioned to me and other players that have put in, you know, hundreds if not thousands of hours uh, of time into the game is that, you know, part of the appeal, um, also part of the frustration, is is some of that luck and randomness, uh, that there's a lot you can control in the game, there's a lot you can 
account for, especially when you get into sort of high-end play where you've uh, really mastered a lot of what the game can throw at you. But, you know, Bananasaurus Rex, you know, was telling me that that doesn't stop that one in a million time when you spawn into a level and bombs chain and physics go crazy. And no matter how much time he spent with the game, no matter how much of an expert he is seen as, that doesn't stop the game from completely stopping him in his tracks every once in a while. Yeah. Um, and, and for him, that's exactly what has made the game appealing for so long is that those elements don't feel cheap. They just sort of constantly keep you on your toes in a way that a lot of games can't once you've sort of you know, bent them to your will in a certain way. Right. Yeah, for sure. It's that element that, that you can get screwed. But it, it's, a, it's a balancing act. I think you definitely want to give players a lot of control. Um, and I think most games of Spelunky can be won, which is why people come, keep coming back to it and they, they feel relatively good about it. You know, there's definitely frustration, but um, for the most part, it's people's own fault. So that's, I think, that's, I think it's, it, it is good to give the player as much control as possible. But for sure, yeah, that, that, random, that random number generator... Um, sort of being omnipresent there to, to, to screw you is it makes it exciting yeah for a long time uh, yeah I don't know I think I think that's that's, that's basically it's, it's kind of the heart of the game is just that that feeling that the game is is designed by a, a person but there's also the this this sort of God presence you know the, the random number generating gods sort of out there that that make it uh unpredictable um that's really where where all the the excitement and tension comes from and you know i think one of the things that uh is is both amazing and i think especially to sort of uh, the first impression that that sometimes players can get from the game uh that's a little frustrating is is how you know deathly punishing the game is you know on purpose because it's sort of teaching you through death, you know, what you need to do better as a player, what you should be paying attention to. But that also requires, like, you know, the game to put a lot of faith in the player that they're going to learn from that in a way that is pretty contrary to, you know, a lot of what you would see in, you know, certainly the the larger scale of game development, you know, when sort of the result of, of modern focus testing of making sure that, you know, players are always learning something or progressing. And, and Spelunky flies in the in the face of a lot of that and in saying instead you're going to punish the player and hopefully they learn through frustration uh, how to succeed. Um, did, you know, was, was creating a game that relied a lot on the player something that required a leap of faith of your own? It didn't really because I just, you know, I know how frustrated I get. Well, let me put it this way. I think there are two types of frustration. There's the frustration you feel when you you die because you don't understand the game well enough or you did something stupid or, you know, you just, you missed a jump. It was your own fault. And then there's the frustration that I feel when I feel like the game's not letting me make those mistakes. And I'd much rather feel the first frustration the first type of frustration where it's my fault. The game's tough and it's my fault. And I, I feel like that frustration is tied to sort of my my ultimate feeling of accomplishment and joy when I get to a new place on my own. And 
that other frustration, I feel like it, it really robs me of that joy because, you know, just like, uh, you know, just like anything, if you feel like if someone basically held your hand through it, you don't feel as, as good when you, you finally do it or when you finally understand it versus, you know, when you really, when you really feel like you did something on your own. Um, so it didn't really require a, a huge leap of faith in that sense. I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I knew for a fact that there were going to be players that I think were going to get, just not want to play the game because it was too hard. But, you know, I think if you make the game fair, if you put enough in there for players to discover and learn and understand, then um, you really don't need to do too much hand-holding. And here's the thing. I actually think that Spelunky is not that hard once you understand how it works. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think it's a game... It's not a, a game that requires the, the best reflexes out there or anything like that. And, you know, for the most part, um, like, I think I'm, I'm pretty good at video games, but I'm not, like, top tier by any means. And I can, I can beat the game more often than not when I play. And it's just because, you know, I've been I've been playing the game so much. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't have any, I didn't have any trouble. I, I knew that Spelunky was going to take a while for people to, to really understand. But, um, I, I had faith that over time people, people would get, get around to it. But I would actually, you know, I've played maybe 60, 70 hours now in the last like two months or so. And, in some ways, I think the game gets harder the more you play it, largely because once you come to understand sort of everything that it can throw at you, the real battle then just becomes about your own hubris uh, in right. assuming that, well, I've, I know how to do all this. I've been in the mines a million times. I'll be just fine. And then, that's that, of course, that's the run where you screw up and, uh, and mess up something very simple, you know, just like a ledge jump or, or, or dodging some spikes or something like that. Uh, and, 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 in fact, the longer you play, I found that I was making much – I was getting further but making much stupider mistakes as I went along just because you assume that you're going to be able to pull off very simple things that you should have mastered a long time ago. But that, that sort of, you know – is a blunt instrument to remind you that you need to <laughs> take it slow every once in a while. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I think, I think most of the times that I die, it's because I'm, I'm trying to do something and I kind of know that it's not the best idea. If you play carefully, it's, I think you can be, you could be pretty safe in Spelunky. Yeah. It's usually because you're trying to get that, that one thing that, that you could probably do without, but or you try to do something by not using a bomb instead of right. using a bomb. And you could totally have used a bomb and you still have enough bombs, but you're trying to play as efficiently as possible and you die because of it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you just mentioned it a little bit, but so you still play, you still play your own game? You still play Spelunky? I do. Um, I haven't played it too much like really recently mostly just for testing mm-hmm. um but yeah i was definitely playing playing it pretty pretty steadily all the way up until uh the release on pc at least and is, is, does your own game still surprise you 
It does. I'm mostly surprised by what other people are doing because um, there are players like Bananasaurus Rex out there that are just, you know, much more creative than me when it comes <laughs> to playing my own game. Even, um, and that might be might be because I I I made it. I worked on it, so I feel like I understand the game. I think when you when you approach it as as someone completely just exploring the game from scratch, you, you maybe tackle it from a, a different perspective. But I think people who play games also, you just, you cannot overestimate like what, what they're going to come up with. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, the things that Bananasaurus Rex did to get the eggplant into hell by himself are just, yeah, they, they really did blow my mind. I think the biggest thing was that he used the robot in the mothership to carry the scepter form or to, uh, yeah, to carry the scepter form, um, to get into the city of gold. That was just, yeah, never would have thought of that myself. <laughs> and he was telling me when I talked to him last week that, you know, I was like, well, is there ever a moment where you'd kind of, you know, is there a goal at this point that you would think was like, that's it. Like I've, I've done all I want to do in, Spelunky and and he started out by explaining that you know mostly he'd feel better if his you know uh, his records could stand for a little while so that he feels like maybe there's some permanence to it and then he could maybe feel a little more comfortable moving on but he was describing this new goal that he wants to do of uh, crushing Yama's head with the shield which <laughs> he was he explained to me what his thought process was and how he'd be able to do it and he was like it's insane it's really dumb. And I think it'd be almost impossible to do, but I think I could do it, so I'm gonna try and do it. Oh man, see, like, I, you know, if I hadn't seen what he's already done, I would have been, I would have just said, "Good luck," and <laughs> I don't think you would have had a chance in 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 hell, no pun intended. So, but now that I, now I totally believe in him. I mean, if he says he's gonna do something, I, I, I think he's gonna be able to do it. How often do you find yourself sort of watching the sort of the the community uh, around the game? Because there's still you know it's it's very active and, and vibrant. Obviously you know Bananasaurus Rex getting three million. Um, there's still uh, you know surprising uh, mountains to climb in the game. Like do you do you find yourself watching that a lot, or are you mostly you know trying to off you know work on on future stuff? I mean I I'm I'm the latter for the most part. When when things come up like the the solo run i i definitely watch and i'm just engrossed but uh yeah to to work on new stuff and i'm just really busy right now with with other things um i i actually try to yeah i, I mean i let the news sort of filter towards me you know and if i if there's some, if something cool comes to me i'll definitely watch it but uh for the most part i don't go seek it out it's just it's it's too intense Honestly, I, <laughs> it stresses I you like out. The, it does stress me out. Yeah. <laughs> does does this type of, you know, it's it sounds like a lot of what uh, the kind of games you like to play, the games that were sort of formative to you, or at least the design that ended up being formative to you, uh, and and got its way into Spelunky a whole lot. Is that still what sort of drives you? Is is that sort of you know players feeling a real sense of reward, um, you know, a little bit of, of of a randomness element, like a a high skill curve? Like it's are those still things that appeal to you, or are you you know interested in looking at other things down the line? 
I think for the most part, yeah, those are those are still the types of games I like to play. I mean, the game I'm looking forward to most is uh, Dark Souls Two. I was gonna Back- say I was gonna say I played Dark Souls and Splunky uh, at the same time for the first time. You know, like you know, really playing both of them and. Yeah. They really felt like they were cut from the same cloth. Like it was very complimentary to play both at the same time because while obviously wildly different in approach and aesthetic and, and everything, they really did feel very spiritually similar. Yeah, I mean when I played Dark Souls and I I actually played Dark Souls after Spelunky was released, the new version of Spelunky. Mm-hmm. And it was because people had told me that Spelunky reminded them of Dark Souls. Um, so I wanted to try it out and yeah, I was just, I, I was in love with it as soon as I started playing everything about it, just the world, I think the, the challenge, um, the, yeah, the, the way they, it's, it's got so many, there's so many things about the design that are just so brilliant because the game is, is hard, but I think like Spelunky, it, it tries to, um, it tries to make the game as punishing as possible, but still be so engaging. And I think, you know, just things like the the dropping your all your souls when you die, but being given that one chance to to go back and pick them up, stuff like that. It just are it's just so smart because. Um, I don't know. I think I think pe- I think people uh, I, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I you know I, I think actually both, just, I, th- I think when game you just conjure some like with Spelunky was the random like the random levels is really that was sort of my it's it's not a concession but it was it was my way of making this game making a really tough game that that didn't have this kind of this frustrating element of just you know playing the the same part over and over and over again and and it was my way of you know making a game that was relied less on memorization um and and be you know relatively contained experience but with a lot of depth and and dark souls i think is trying to do the same thing but it it does it in it doesn't have random levels, obviously, but it does all these other things that that come together to sort of achieve the same goal. Because it's not just like I think it's I think it's wrong to say like a game like Dark Souls is just a, a hard game that's there to just punish you. Um, because it is punishing, but it does all these other things to make that punishment so worthwhile it's not just hard for the sake of being of being hard um and i love the fact that i love the way it tells its story through just little tidbits like you have to piece together this this story it doesn't really tell it to you through too many cutscenes or or things like that so it's it's very much a um a game where you spend most of your time really playing and exploring on your own and learning things on your own. And it's kind of up to you to, to, it's kind of up to you how much of the story you, you want to learn and things like that. So it, it, I feel like it really respects the player a lot. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of what you said, you could just swap out 
you know, Dark Souls and say Spelunky. And I think they, you know, when you mentioned before that, you know, you don't think Spelunky is that hard and, and that its reputation or, you know, sort of sometimes the narrative around that game, you know, whether you're talking about Spelunky or Dark Souls as being really hard games. I think it's more just that, you know, death is used as, uh, you know, a way of teaching the player. And that gets conflated with hard in a way that I don't think accurately describes sort of the design of either game. Um, just because, uh, you know, death is a common uh, sort of mechanic in, in a lot of video games doesn't mean that they all use death in the same way. Right. I feel like there's sort of this, I feel like there is a, um, there's a tendency to, to just lump all hard games together. So you have a game like uh, I Want to Be the Guy, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think people might compare um, or put Spelunky and Dark Souls in sort of the same category as that game. That game is that game is just out there to sort of get get laughs out of just killing you in any way possible. Um, well, and, and but I think it's and, different. You know? Yeah, well, and, and also, that's a trial and error game, right? Like yeah, there, there, you cannot. You know, conceivably, although it's hard to imagine, in both Spelunky and Dark Souls, ev- almost everything that happens in, in both those games, you could, uh, you know, avoid the first time if you have the knowledge on what you're supposed to do, which right. is not, not true in I Want to Be the Guy. Like, the game's shtick is that yeah. it's trying to shock you and surprise you, which is... Yeah, exactly. I think other than maybe Sen's Fortress in Dark Souls, which is kind of the only time that it tries to be a little bit trickster, but even then... You know, if if again, if you knew, you could avoid that stuff. Um, I think Sense Fortress is the only time it sort of betrays its, uh, you know, a punishing but fair uh, sort of uh, philosophy. But but yeah, I think you're right. Like yeah, like it's third. Hard is only uh, notable, I think, because most games aren't these days. Um, and then some games get uh, a reputation that isn't isn't fair just because they're uncommon in, in the way they approach sort of how they interact with the player. Right. I mean, I think all challenging games, challenging modern games, are trying to achieve a similar goal, which is that they want to be challenging, but they don't want to... But be they, cheap? Yeah, they don't want to be cheap. But, they're you know, I think all game designers who are making challenging games are trying to find ways to make the experience more enjoyable for the player while remaining challenging. Um, and I think, I think a lot of modern games are taking more of the approach of, well, we're going to maybe add a, a lot of different difficulty levels so that whatever, whatever your skill level is, you'll feel like a certain amount of challenge that's, that's appropriate to you. If it's too hard, you know, we'll suggest that you, you try a lower difficulty level. Or we'll put checkpoints, we'll make the checkpoints, uh, the distance between the checkpoints smaller so that, you know, you get some challenge, but you always, you'll never feel like you lost too much progress or things like that. And that kind of stuff is, frustrates me in the, in the way that I, I don't like that I mentioned before. Um, and so I think with a game like Dark Souls, uh, they're, trying to make a game they're trying to make a, a challenging game be more enjoyable it's it, it, with all of these little things that they that they did with the design um, 
so I, yeah, I mean, it's this, it's this weird thing because I think, I think we're, we've, we've moved way past the, the, the old challenge of games where it's like, you know, you die and you just start completely from the beginning. Right. And we, and people are trying to make longer and more engaging experiences. And so I think some, some games, some, some games have hit this, have reached this weird point where they really just want every player to, to get all the way through the game, see the story, see all the content while still being challenging, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're introducing a lot of, I think a lot of desi- design decisions that sort of run counter to one another. So it's like, it's like, there, it's, there's still there's still challenge. It's still a, a game, but it's not really in the sense that you're sort of ferried all. You're sort of ferried through from the beginning to the end, right? Like right. The, the game will drop difficulty until you can beat a certain point. The checkpoints are close enough that you know you're really just kind of just like on an escalator, just sort of from beginning to end. Um, and I think a game like like Dark Souls, and what I was kind of trying to do with Spelunky and with the, with the random levels, um, they're trying to still make the challenge feel meaningful, but find ways to, to make it more engaging and just more generally more enjoyable. Well, yeah, and it definitely seems like, especially on the games that, you know, I guess we would categorize as, as more challenging are, you know, a lot of game design, I think, is still trying to shake the sort of like uh, quarter muncher uh, mentality, like the, right. was the the origins of a lot of uh, challenging games that were challenging, not because they were organically made that way, but because they needed to get more money out of you. And I think there's still a lot of roots of game design that uh, have that, and that's where a lot of what we think of as difficulty comes from. And so once you have experiences where you're buying the whole thing and it's not about getting another quarter out of you because all the money has been, been paid for, what does challenge mean anymore? And, and I think that gets to a really interesting question that, that games like Dark Souls and games like Splunky are exploring. It's like, well, how do you treat something that was meant to get you to pay more money uh, to be sort of a teachable moment for the player or intrinsic to the game design instead of, uh, you know, what it previously was, which was just a, a way to get another financial transaction. Right. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I like games that really embrace their challenge and don't have challenge just, sometimes it feels like the challenge is just there to sort of make the experience last longer or just to make it a video game in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, yeah, I don't know when I, I think, I think a lot of those games that the challenge just doesn't feel as meaningful. I mean, I'd rather play like, an an old arcade game that, that I've got to feed a lot of quarters into, um, to beat than, than a game where, you know, where it doesn't really matter, um, whether I, I die or not. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, yeah. Well, 
I don't want to take any more of your time. I said it would take half an hour, so that's uh, I'm 10 minutes over. But uh, <laughs> I, I super super appreciate uh, your time. It's been uh, it's been fun to discover the game, even if it's uh, you know a little bit uh, late to the party. But uh, it's been uh, a really fascinating experience, and uh, so I appreciate you uh, hopping cool. on to, to chat yeah. with me for a couple minutes. Yeah, thanks for thanks for talking about it with me. Yeah.